Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus Today. Our special guest, Rashed Fakhrudin, and he has got so many hats. He, we were talking before we started to record that sometimes you forget where you are. Yeah. Tell people what all you do, and then we're going to get to the one we're going to really focus on okay. uh, today. So by profession, I'm an engineering supervisor at Nashville Electric Service. Mm-hmm. Been there for 27 years. Engineering supervisor. Yes. Okay. So now on the management side of engineering, uh, love my job, love my work, and my colleagues. Uh, and that wasn't enough. No. So <laughs> yeah, every day dealing with uh, substation electrical control design. Okay. For all the substations, we do all the designs. Okay. Um, or that's what I manage now. The other hats I wore, they're a lot. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I'm the director of community partnerships at the Islamic Center of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Been involved there for forever, since the late <laughs> 90s. My dad was actually one of the founders, uh, founding members yeah. back in 79. Of the Islamic Center. Of the Islamic Center of Nashville. Yes. And uh, a singer, a rock star by the name of Cat Stevens. Yeah. Uh, came by and donated, and that would be like me getting involved, and all of a sudden Justin Timberlake comes and meets me yeah. for a day and donates. Well, your dad was quite famous. Your dad was very, very beloved and very well-known. Didn't he pass away kind of recently? Yeah, thank, thanks for those kind words, Anna-Marie. Uh, yes, he, he was well-known. He was a leader in m- many aspects of the community, yeah. well-respected, and he was a psychiatrist, very kind, and... Very just inclusive. What was his name? Uh, Dr. A.K.M. Fakhrudin. And so there were celebrities sending messages. Yeah, Cat Stevens, send him a message. Of yeah. course, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Yunus, uh, Muhammad Yunus, who is the Nobel Peace Prize winner. Wow. Actually, they used to be friends in the early 70s when my dad, well, when we moved here yeah. as a kid. And so uh, it was from all levels, whether celebrities, the person who may not have had a voice and you f- find out that, oh God, my dad just, you know, helped him out with education or, you know, encouraged him, uh, motivated and mentored. I was like, I didn't know he did all these things behind the scenes. Wow. And it was very compelling just to hear all the stories. Well, you had been working for years to be a positive force in the community. When you found all of that out, see, I'm digging into your private life now, <laughs> but this is very fascinating. And it's, it, it's, at the heart, I believe, of what you're doing with the topic we're going to talk about more today and the heart of what we as community leaders try to do is that you had already been involved in uplifting people, helping people, building our community, making us stronger, making us better, giving us knowledge. When your dad passed and you realized all the things that he had done, don't you think he was proud of you? Yes, and uh, I mean, I I knew that, but I wish I had expressed how proud I was of him yeah. while he was alive. He knew we loved him and, uh, and respected him. And, you know, one of the most, so many people send messages, kind words. I know you had reached out so many people. I remember Coach Corbin, uh, he's a good friend, Corbs of Andy Boys Baseball. And one thing he went in his email, he said, you are a true reflection of your dad, and that's what makes you special, and your kids are going to be special. When I got that, it just, when you know you're part of the person who just passed away and the, you know, the one that you admire the most, yeah. it just makes you feel like, oh, he's living within me. Yes. And I have a responsibility to live up to how he lived his life. Did you ever hear the Dan Fogelberg song, the leader of the band? If you sing it, I'll, I'll know what it is. 
I will have to think about it because I can <laughs> sing a little bit of it. Well, the reason I ask that is because my husband is a musician and mm. um, he feels that in a way he's carrying on the kindness right. and the sort of the work. His dad was a physician, but he's kind of carrying on the work that his dad did because he is a part of him and he's carrying on the the tradition of trying to do good in this world and That's trying beautiful. to be a good man. That's beautiful. Yeah. I got to listen to it. Okay, so now we're moving back into the the present, and uh, so you are now. So also, in- I'm I'm involved with uh, the YWCA. I just rolled off their board, but I'm an ambassador, Amend ambassador. Amend is a primary prevention education initiative dedicated to ending violence against women and girls by engaging men and boys in this fight. And it started in Nashville through our former CEO Pat Shea, and now Sharon Roberson. She's been championing it through, uh, through Shane Foster, if mm-hmm. you may know Shane. He's all-time leading scorer for Vanderbilt, a great uh, basketball, a great role model, a great friend. He took it over six, seven years ago and has just furthered this cause. Now they're, they're duplicating this in other YWCA chapters around the country after the 2019 uh, National Conference. First time ever they did a conference. and. Yeah. Terry Cruz was there, Eddie George uh, as guest speakers. We had sessions. And it's just initiative. And it sort of reminds me, besides uh, in other roles I serve in the city, but with Real Men Wear Pink is, you know, this is mostly a women's issue, right? And But you need man, men to step up and champion it. Yeah. And be part, work together with women yes. in this cause. And like domestic violence, I mean, of course, there are some men who are subject to it, but 86% are women yeah. who are abused. And so men, they're mostly good. Men are most, most men are good, but yeah. there's just enough of us bad apples that, you know, we can't keep silent. We have to do something. Same thing with, uh, with real men were pink. You know, women, one in eight women are, are going to be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Yeah. That's a lot. Just like one in four women are victims of domestic violence. Wow. These statistics are horrible for men. And we got to step up. And so this just gave another opportunity after being engaged with the YWCA for years that, okay, let me take on one more task. And it's been very rewarding. And the other area I'm involved with is education. Through NES, I've been uh, serving in the academies of Nashville. It's through the chamber mm-hmm. uh, and speaking to high school students on professional life skills. And there I try to interject also, you know, treat everyone with respect and kindness yeah. and watch out for the words we use. You know, there's like, domestic violence, there's violence against your, it could end up being your, your mother, your sister, or, you know, who, any loved one. And yeah. if you don't speak out now or you don't watch your language, that's going to come back and haunt you. So, you know, just instilling the, these messages early on, and that is tied to professional skills because you can't carry that in the workplace. Yeah. When you mentioned, we're, we're talking today with Rashad Fakhrudin. We're going to talk about the Real Men Wear Pink program. I promise we are. <laughs> but you do such good in the community, and this information is, is great information to get out to our public. I think there are people going like, whoa, didn't know that. Whoa, didn't know that. So thank you for sharing this. Thank one, you. One of the things you're mentioning was the words. And I've been talking to my husband a lot about this recently. It's very insidious the way women are put down and stereotyped and minimized a lot in mainstream media you see lots of naked women because they're there to please the man mm-hmm. it's the male gaze things like that it's like why is that right. it's because it's something that's designed more for men and by men to look at a woman as a body part right to please me but also 
all kinds of movies, little sitcoms, everything. Well, they'll say stuff like man up, cowboy up, whatever up. But it's like you cry like a girl. You run like a girl. We diminish women in words everywhere. We see it and hear it everywhere. And it's so insidious that people who are great, wonderful people pick up that language and that mindset without even realizing it. And that's the whole idea of changing this culture that leads to changing, you know, the whole culture that's leading to violence against women. It starts with the words, our attitudes, and they can be subtle messages or they can be like they say, locker room talk, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, it's okay. It was just locker room talk. It's not. No, it's not okay. That's how you act among boys. Just imagine when you're alone with with Mm -hmm. your loved one and you just get angry one day and take it out because, you know, all they are is. It, a reflection of the words that you demeaned women behind the, you yeah. know, inside the locker room. Yeah. And that's unacceptable. And those are the types of attitudes we're trying to change through amend. And that's why we have amend together clubs, I think in almost 30 schools now. Amend so, together. Amend together. That's the initiative through yeah. the YWCA that yeah. Shane Foster leads. Mm-hmm. He's the VP of uh, the YWCA. And then it's just, it's the sort of counterpart to Girls Inc. So mm-hmm. Girls Inc. is part of the YWCA. Mm-hmm. And then amend together in Nashville and in selected YWCA chapters now around the country. And it's just growing day by day. I think we need to get somebody from Girls Inc. and amend together yeah. in as future guests of oh, Focus. Oh, yeah. yeah. They would be great if you get Shane. He is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, res- you heard me if you're, if you're listening. And he resonates with you. He That's does. part of the thing. And he, I'm sh- as I'm sure you do with the kids that you speak to. And Shane, uh, he just uh, overall awesome person he speaks out uh and he's always fair i mean just he's one of those uh he's always thinking mm-hmm. and expressing you know just words of wisdom throwing out nuggets out there so anytime he speaks even though we're friends i like i'm hanging on to every word of it word of his and he's just he's an all-star in so many ways and we're just lucky that an all-star like that came back to nashville where he went to vanderbilt and chose this as his home and chose to lead an organization that that's making an impact in the community. So yeah, Shane Foster, boy, he is Yay, uh, Shane. <laughs> an incredible guy. Isn't it nice to be around people like that to start with? Oh yeah. And I love sports. You probably know through my I've social noticed. media. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. I love basketball and you know, anything that's tied to sports, uh, that just is an added bonus. Yeah. So you get your family involved in that quite a bit. I do. Yeah. I'm still trying to get my wife involved. With <laughs> She's like, uh, <laughs> she likes the food, though, at the Titans right? game. I was thinking that. I was about to say that, but then I didn't want to assume. <laughs> oh, you can assume. <laughs> she likes your show, by the way. Oh, good. To- we, oh, we've listened to it for the last couple of decades. She oh, loves it. That's wonderful. What is her name? <laughs> uh, Laboni. One of the things that you brought to mind when you said something about uh, sports and uh, a sports figure is sports figures don't necessarily, excuse me, Sports figures don't necessarily have a great reputation for knowing how to deal with women. Right. They kind of have, like you said, what'd you say? A few of us bad apples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you listed yourself in there. <laughs> but there are a few who, because their entire livelihood is beating right. somebody down, beating somebody up or winning, being very aggressive. Yeah. It's hard for them to know where to draw the line and how to switch over to a communicator right. and a kind person when it comes to dealing with a woman. Right. And so amend is catching these kids young. 
catching them young. And you, speaking out at schools, are schools, catching them young. And even uh, at the mosque where I'm involved, I I give probably a sermon, and I'm not, don't look at me as some religious figure. I just, you know, just like anyone who who practices their faith and does everything else, right? Yeah. But I end up giving sermons, and most of mine are on social justice. We have an imam, right? But I go, like, different mosques and at the universities, and most of them, I've done a sermon on uh, compassionate treatment towards women. I started it after getting involved with Amend. Yeah. I realized, wow, we got all these faith teachings, but has anyone connected the dots to these statistics? One in four women, three women a day lose their lives to domestic violence. Tennessee is like one of the top in the country at the rate of which uh, women lose their lives at the hands of men. And just these daunting statistics, like it's almost every 15 seconds uh, women is being battered when you count the, mm-hmm. the millions uh, per year. And so I tied those two together and tied it to justice and all the other faith teachings people grab onto and talk yes. about. I was like, wait, this is what you have to do. You have to be kind to your wife, yeah. physically and emotionally. You know, it's not just, fit, you know, don't hit your wife. I mean, you, it, our verse, a verse in our scripture says, do not annoy women so as to make their lives miserable. Right. That's in the 65th chapter. That means don't emotionally abuse your wife. Don't say, hey, you know, sometimes a person has this financial control. That's financial abuse or like status. Oh, I just married someone from another country. I, I'm in control of your visa. Oh. You know, so many things. I yes. mean, this happens in across the board everywhere. and everywhere. And the thing is, domestic violence, no faith is immune from it. And that's why Amend Together also started Amending Through Faith. And so at the conference, they had me and a friend, Gil Hank. He's with the Methodist Church on a national level. Mm-hmm. But he's not a pre, he's more like me, but he, he leads. Uh, and they do their national men's conference and they've instituted the Amend Together curriculum. So they've like really taken this to get their men yeah. to be good men, good husbands, yeah. good fathers, you know. And so it's beautiful. I love it. I just think if we can just continue. This, these are the work, you know, sometimes as Muslims or any, any like, it could be a minority group, Hispanic. I mean, usually I feel the love in the community. But yes. sometimes on a national level, it's like this hate or this event happened. The Jewish community, unfortunately, you know, just a couple of months ago, they had this hate crime, related yeah. crime, and they're bombarded. So you know what happens during that time? Instead of doing the work you do and you want to make an impact in the community, you're having to fight off these fires. And it just is a distraction from all the good you could do. But what happens when these things happen, whether the Jewish community, the African-American community, the Hispanic, the Muslim community? We've created such a relationship now in Nashville. I, I love our our model here that, you know, we get together, like uh, we send emails out to each other, we visit each other, and to make sure that everyone knows they're not alone, and whoever these, yeah, it was the hate of these ma- these leaflets that were passed near the Jew- Jewish uh, community center, mm-hmm. and then around uh, Sharath Israel, all in two different incidents. Right. It created alarms. I mean, why, why who's bringing all this hate and fear mm-hmm. for people who are good in the community? So we have to band together against it. But that's that's the distraction takes us away from all the good. We sh- every day we should be engaged in good. We have a teaching in our faith that says every day that sun rises, the son of Adam has to commit. Uh, for every joint, uh, you have to commit an act of charity. So we have in another 
So, and there's a, another teaching by Maha, Prophet Muhammad said, a man has 360 joints. So you have 360 acts of charity. But then he says, smiling at another person, rem, uh, helping a person with his mount and lifting him onto it is a charity. Of course, nowadays, there's no horses around to mm-hmm. practice it, but it's the application. Yes. Unless we go downtown and help some of those <laughs> bachelorettes get into their <laughs> horse buggies. <laughs> 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 That'll, re- that'll require really a good heart to do that. <laughs> but I mean, the idea is like Nashville is full of nonprofits and yeah. these 300 acts of charity. It's like in the Jewish tradition, sadaka, we call it sadaka. And it comes in many forms. It's not the monetary. Monetary, we have to give, you know, charity. There's a mandatory, but these are the, the extra charity. It doesn't have to be monetary. It's just most of it's tied to serving your community. Mm-hmm. When I interpret those, all the things that was listed yeah and so nashville is full of nonprofits here like american cancer society what they're doing the great work and thank you for being a big champion of that uh, anna marie and so it's like it's easy to fulfill 360 acts you can just smile all day a kind word is also a charity good and smiling god that's so easy yeah wow (laughs) this has been a fantastic journey through some of the great work that's being done in our community i appreciate you sharing that with us rashad funkrutin uh thanks so much thanks for coming no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) so now let's talk about the american cancer society and their real men wear pink uh their campaign you you're fulfilling your obligation your promise to raise money by not only wearing pink but raising money in a, a unique way that's really caught on yeah so uh Three years ago, actually, this is the fourth year engaging in Real Men Were Pink. So that's really three years ago I started. And two years ago, I co-chaired Real Men Were Pink with uh, now a good friend, Derek Mason, who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's uh, he's on the ballot. Oh, uh, I know you're well, excited about that. Yeah, he's like, uh, I think he's the head of uh, Michael Irvin in all-time leading uh, yards. Yeah. Or he's like neck-to-neck. And, and isn't Derek still local? He's local. Yeah. He's so humble, but a great guy. And so I uh, hope you heard that, Derek. So <laughs> when we co-chaired it in 2020, it was like middle of just the beginning of COVID and everything was right. like, we finally said, after all the Zoom calls, I said, let's, let's get together, have lunch. And so we became friends. That year, I had three uh, friends who own fitness studios. And I do a lot of exercise, especially after my open heart surgery mm. four and a half years ago. Uh, I was like, okay. I And mine was a freakish event. It was a bacteria infection that invaded my heart valve and almost killed me. Wow. Literally. I mean, I was like, I mean, it was any day I would have been gone, thanks to Dr. Kumar mm-hmm. and the other staff at Centennial and my brothers. They were just great in taking care of me and mm-hmm. getting that done. And so, so were you a bad guy and then you had the heart surgery and you went, ta-da, no, I'm changed. I, <laughs> what happened, I appreciated life like every day. And I don't want to look like I'm having fun every day, but I am. I mean, I just realized every day got better. After my heart surgery, it was tough. It like like a truck just hit me on, the, on my chest because getting out of bed, I was in the ICU. But then the next day was better than the last. Then the next day was better than the day before. And I just grew this appreciation of life that I had some, but there's nothing that compares to it now. Appreciation to move, appreciation of family, having kids around, being alive, because if I was gone, my kids wouldn't have had had their dad. Yeah, You know, just how life would have just changed in God's mercy. I mean, 
I had no control over that. Yeah. But I do have control of being grateful. You know, that's a matter of, you know, how I program my brain. And so everything I realized, you know, I need movement, I need to exercise. So they had a rehab and they had me doing movements that were so similar to one of these exercises I do called bar three, uh, toe taps. And there was, also I do cycle bars, so cycling. So I was like, I need to get back. I used to do that anyway, uh, bar three, but it was like, this is exactly what I need to maintain a good health because I do not want to get cut up because I, I mean, I have that not big risk, but you know, it's, it happened to me once it can happen again. Right. So I'm so grateful to the fitness community. I know what they've meant to me for my life. And so I got back after a few weeks of rehab. I asked, can I just take my normal fitness exercise instead of rehab through the doctor's office or hospital? They said, it's your choice. So I went back and every day, I'd almost, almost a day of exercise, cardio movement, especially with bar three and, and other exercises. What that is are out bar there. three? What is that? Is it like bars on the wall? No, no, it's, it's almost anything opposite to what you think of bar. Uh, it's a lot of cardio movement, uh, so a lot of cardio. It's almost like if one is doing some movements, playing sports, dancing, whatever you want to call it, with some music in the background, and then it's all choreographed. And then there's strength conditioning and they call it mindfulness as well. Cause at the end you're doing some like almost, uh, almost Pilates strength slash a little bit yoga. But at the end there's this rest period and you feel like you feel like you just went through, I don't know what to say, a sauna or something. You feel so relaxed and you feel at ease in your mind. And not once do you feel like, Oh God, when's this going to end? It's yeah. not, it's, but it is like the strength conditioning. It's a little, it's move. It's not little micro movements, but repetition. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. And, and that, then the mental piece. Yeah, the mental piece is like, and that's the thing about exercise. No matter what exercise, I encourage everyone exercise, especially after COVID. You know the mental stress. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Everyone's just gotta do. And this is what the fitness crawl uh, to fight breast cancer allows that opportunity. As as you know well, with, through the American Cancer Society, they say. Uh, higher levels of physical activities are directly linked to reducing, uh, uh, linked towards, you know, cancer prevention and also, and other diseases, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. As well as it also allows for healing too. I mean, for me to get healed, I had to exercise. I think almost everyone has to do some sort of exercise to rehab. Rehab is an exercise. Yes. Yeah. And so all these studios out there, and these were suffering right during the co- right during COVID, where three of my friends had to close down. Mm. One was uh, Raquel, who started uh, Liberation Yoga on Twelfth South, and so uh, and she's the one who got me. She's neighbors to the Islamic Center of Nashville. Her mom was Muslim, who pay who she's Hispanic, of Hispanic heritage. Yeah, I mean, with her mom wasn't Hispanic. Her dad is. But a good friend, both her and her husband, and she's the one who introduced me to yoga. When I told, I sh- I shared one day, you know, during my Islam 101 classes. Oh, you have to come for a Ramadan dinner one day. I know, so, I want to. So I said, hey, you know, our prayers we do five times a day. It's like an exercise. We have movement throughout the day. We do it five times a day. And I said, it's like yoga. And I'd never done it in my life. And she said. I'm going to uh, get you to do yoga. And I'm laughing. No She's way. She's like, but is it? Like yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she got me and then the rest is, I wouldn't be connected to all these fitness if it weren't for her. Wow. And so the thing is, uh, 
yeah the the movement so that it's so important to for these fitness studios to be open so uh, there was all these regulations mm -hmm. regulations are fine some of them when they had to close or they had a limit and i think there was a misconception that the phys the fitness studios hey the people are breathing down their necks but they were actually the safest places i went to and i take other fitness uh, exercises they had the social distancing they had like hand sanitizer they had humid i mean these purifiers yeah. it was so safe but the biggest thing is you're physically staying healthy and mentally yeah so when covid went through i didn't feel that stress i was going to work my dad was during, i mean it was his last two years of his life but it was there was some blessing in it cuz we got to be around him so you always look at things positive yeah. but if your mind isn't like mentally there yeah because you're you're not moving and you feel like not to i'm not trying to take away from mental illness and no that that's you know that's real but you know this can help your mental your your mental state of mind yes. your frame of mind your gratitude your heart it's just it's just so such a holistic mhm mm like healing you could say and that's what i i feel like through the fitness qualified breast cancer we're building a community around survivors by doing an event because if you're survivors and i've come through a lot of them and they appreciate this some have taken and i really got engaged honestly 3 years ago and the former director um her name was uh, jenny stripling she it was just miraculously we met each other for for a split second through a mutual friend and as we, i was leaving the mutual friend and she was meeting him she said i'll get you to be a real men were pink candidate if you're interested i'm like there's no way cuz i didn't tell her that i didn't speak my mind but i was like i'm already involved with uh domestic violence awareness month she emailed me and invited me again follow up why that's why it's good to have a follow up mm -hmm. so i thought about it and i asked her questions on the email and then i realized my cousin so my elder cousin Tasneem so she's like my older sister and my cousin and she had just been battling breast cancer since 2016 and this is now 2019 and she was somewhat on remission i was like every year i was helping organize family to do the komen walk and that was the least i could do so i was like i can do more than just a walk right not not to diminish diminish walking that's great yes. like we have the making strides yes. against it's such a great event I said I'm used to doing more than just one event. Let me do this. <laughs> Let me take it on. So I took it on and I just fell in love with it. I didn't have one pink item. Now I've like I I can't count. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm all like today I'm all pink. You can't see, but I'm We're all We're going to take a picture when uh yeah, when I first met Rashid, I I think I've only ever seen you dressed all in pink. <laughs> Uh, we're talking today, in case you just tune in, you're like, what is this guy talking about? With Rashad Fakhrudin, he is one of the Real Men Wear Pink candidates. And so what he is doing is <laughs> taking that Real Men Wear Pink out into the community and raising money. And that's what we're talking about, the fitness crawl. You know, what's also, besides the motivation factor of the cause, you know, one in eight women are going to be diagno are diagnosed with breast cancer once in, in their lifetime, and what research you know the impact research can have mm -hmm. so the fight against it it's it's really rewarding to know that there's something that's being done it's not just you're raising funds and don't know what's happening true and survivor support the hope lodge you know all these an awareness uh, component of it which uh it's very rewarding and then you have leaders now with Lindsay Langley the executive director actually 
she and Audrey Audrey Williams, who's the associate director, and she directs Real Men Were Pink. Great leaders that when you have great leaders, no matter how hard you work or how much, you feel like you just, that culture, they developed a culture where someone like me can spend a lot of time involved with it, where I have very little extra spare time, mm -hmm. but we can all squeeze out something. And yeah. that's that's just a compliment to the leaders. True. But, you know, uh, one of the things we try to really uh, hammer in is the awareness portion of early detection. As you know, early detection can result in a 93% survival rate. Wow. That means get your mammograms, self-exams, know your body. And especially after during COVID, there was a reduction of uh, women going for mammograms. Right. And it's so easy just to skip it because time, you know, as we get older, time just flies. Yeah. It's like, wait, was that yesterday or a year ago? <laughs> it's like three years. It's like, I can't believe it. But uh, so that's what we want to make sure that women are getting their mammograms, that they have a family history, know all the facts. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's life and death. If you, you know, if you get stage four versus stage two, your survival rate is so much greater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what we're trying to share. We have several pink in the parks. The second one will be October 4th. We partnered with Outdoor Voices of Nashville. Since we're, we're really all out of time. Okay. Yeah. So help us kind of summarize what the fitness crawl is, where we can get the info and get okay. involved. And then we're going to post it on our uh, Focus Facebook page as well. Oh, awesome. So the fitness crawl is an opportunity for men and women to exercise. And through their exercise, through these pink events, mm -hmm. and there will be over 24 pink events, actually more than that, but 24 partners. So all these fitness studios you can try out. You just have to go see for yourself. And uh, you might find, if you're not involved with any gym, you'll find, you, I guarantee you'll find something. Because these fitness studios are about community. Nice. And I like that. <laughs> Clearly they are. That's why they're taking part in the Real Men Wear Pink and the Fitness Crawl. Thank you. Any any final info that we need? No, just grateful to be here, Anna Marie. And thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you. Rashad Fakhrudin, he is one of the members of the Real Men Wear Pink. He's one of the guys who are out there raising money, raising funds for uh, the American Cancer Society. We're going to have more info, more links on our Focus Facebook page. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.